Okay, Tov, we are back. We're back, but we have very little time to do Parashat B'Shalach. Parashat B'Shalach begins Am Yisrael's journey out of Egypt. Of course, there is a, one last hiccup before we actually free ourselves from the Egyptians, and that is that the Egyptians decide to chase Am Yisrael out of Egypt. And you have the story of the splitting of the, of the Red Sea. Then you have the song, Shirat Ha'azinu, uh, Shirat, sorry, Shirat Ha'yam, uh, not Shirat Ha'azinu, but Shirat Ha'yam. And then after Shirat Ha'yam, we have a few episodes. You have an episode of the Jewish people thirsting for water. Then you have the Jewish people asking for food. Then you have the Jewish people thirsting for water again. And then you have the war of Amalek, which is also at the end. I believe it's at the end of our parasha. Almost positive it's at the end of our parasha. Confirm. Yeah. And then you have the war with Amalek. So there's a lot that happened from the beginning of our parasha where we are uh, still leaving Egypt. And by the end, we're already on our travels in the desert, you know, the famous travels in the desert. So what would it be exactly the point of all of the experiences in the, in the desert? So the point of our experiences in the desert is going to be to train Am Israel to become ready to enter the land of Israel. It's that simple. So whenever we look at what's happening to Am Yisrael in the desert, the perspective we should be using is the perspective of how is this experience teaching Am Yisrael and preparing them to accept the law, accept the Torah, and to be ready to go into Israel. And of course, other things like be ready to fight in war, which is another thing they have to be ready for, or to rid themselves of the slave mentality. So one more thing they have to be ready to rid themselves of. So these are all things that are happening in the desert. And as the experiences in the desert develop and as, as our experiences there occur, we're going to see that Am Yisrael proves itself to not be ready to enter the land of Israel at all. And that's why it has to be delayed an entire generation. But as of now, the plan is to go from Egypt and basically go, basically go straight into Israel with one stop at the mountain of Chorev or at Har Sinai to receive the Torah. Our parasha opens up, When it was that Paro sent a nation, God did not lead them to the way of the land of the Philistines, Philistines uh, since it was close, because God said, if I lead them that way and they see war, they are going to want to go back to Egypt. Meaning, this land of Philistines the Philistines are used to inhabit modern day Aza or Gaza. Yeah. So they were on the west coast of Israel and they were very warlike, very, the, basically the Am Israel's biggest enemy throughout all of their experience in Am Israel were the Pelishtim. If you look at the story of Shimshon, Famous story of Shimshon and Shofatim. It's against the Pelishim. Pelishim are always a, a thorn in our side. And they're very warlike and they were pretty strong also. They had good weaponry. So Ben Israel is definitely not ready to go fight the Philistines. So um, Hashem says, if I take them that way, when they see that there's prospective battle, their hearts are the weak hearts of slaves. They're not ready to go and fight. By Aseb Elohim, Eta'am derech amidbar yamsuf. And God turned the people and He led them uh, towards the way of the desert to the Sea of 
reeds, right, to the Yam Suf. That, that's a literal, literal translation, by the way. It's not the Red Sea. It's a sea of reeds because Suf, if you remember from the story of Moshe, that Yocheved Vatasem Basuf al Sifatar, she put it into the reeds on the side of the river. Okay? So if you call a, a, a sea a Yam Suf, then it's a sea of reeds. I mean, last time the reeds were in the Nile. But if you call it a sea of reeds, if you call it a, a Yam Suf, then you're saying sea of reeds. And the Jews left Egypt armed. Why is it telling us that they left armed? They left with weaponry, probably taken from the Egyptians. To point out that even though they left armed, they didn't have, in a, they have, they didn't have the moral, the psychological courage. Meaning it wasn't a problem of not having the physical ornaments of battle. That, that they didn't, uh, that wasn't enough. What they didn't have was the mental courage. They had the physical stuff. They had the weaponry. They didn't have the mental ability to fight. So God led them towards the direction of Yamsuf. So Moshe took the bones of Yosef with him. Because Yosef had made them swear, saying that God will remember, remember you and you should take my bones out with you. What's the significance of taking out Yosef's bones? So, you mean as far as... Meaning, what, what, does it do, what does it do to Am Israel when they see that Yosef's bones are coming with them? What is the deeper significance? Okay, Yosef made them promise to take out their bones. So very nice, they're doing Yosef's bidding. But what does it say to Am Israel? Complete detachment, there's nothing left there. Not even yeah, that, that's one element, that there's complete detachment, there's nothing left there. Also, you could see it as, this is all of Am Israel taking Yosef's bones back to Israel. It's almost like they're doing Teshuvah. They brought him. They originally brought him down to Israel, and now all of Am Israel is joining together to bring him back up. In fact, if you want to take it even further, you could even say Moshe is from the tribe of Levi, and they say the Midrashim say that it's Shimon and Levi who are the ones who sold him down and who plotted to kill him originally. So it's even a, a, a more of a, of a, a more symbolic. <laughs> but I think the biggest symbolism there is that who is Yosef in the eyes of Bnei Israel? So Yosef is the man, the Jewish man who we are so proud of, who succeeded in becoming the greatest man in Egypt. He was the greatest Egyptian slash Jew ever. Success. success you know, story it's like, yeah, it's like whenever you have a, a Mashadi who's CEO of a very, very big company. All Mashadis take pride in that, right? Wow, this man, he represents us and he was able to get to the highest points in, in, this, in this company, right? Or in government or something. Something that the, the community is proud of. So Am Israel is very proud of Yosef for becoming the greatest Egyptian ever. And then when they see that Yosef himself has chosen Israel over Egypt, what does that tell Am Israel? Wow, the greatest man ever would rather be in the land that we are going than the land from which we left. And that's a big statement. That trains Am Israel to, to, to detach themselves more and more from Mitzrayim. Okay. Again, we we don't we shouldn't get carried away. Just because they were slaves doesn't mean they're not attached. Slaves have a tendency to become attached to their masters. It's it's human habit exactly, and it's much it's much easier because it's almost easier to be a slave and to be fed than to be free and to have the uncertainty of where your next meal is going to come from. And Am Israel are choosing the uncertainty of not knowing where the next meal is coming from over the convenience of being a slave. Okay, 
So the Jews left from Sukkot. Remember, if you remember from the end of last week's parasha, the Jewish people got to Sukkot, which was probably a city right at, right on the border of Egypt. So they traveled from Sukkot. And then they, they, uh, they encamped in the place called Etam, in the edge of the desert. And God uh, went before them in the day, in the cloud of a fire. Uh, to lead them on the path and then at night he led them with a pillar of fire to uh, to light up, light things up for them to go day and night the other morning me and Dan were getting together here we went over the parasha okay. he pointed out all the things are miraculous all the, all the things are miraculous but they're still hidden in nature. But for some reason, this particular, the cloud and, 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 and the fire, the pillar of fire yeah. constantly with them, this is like was true, like it was just nothing gone. natural about it. Like you even say Yamsuf was natural. Maybe right. the wind yeah, that, came, that's, that's a good point. it's like I'm, hidden. I'm thinking about that also. I've seen people attempt to explain this also in a natural way, believe it or not. So he was they questioning, say, they say, how can they you say that, that Bnei Israel did something. They put like wood in front and they were carrying wood and they lit the wood on fire, and then the the that fire at night just kept just kept meaning it was like so a maybe miracle. that wood would not burn or something something like that. But it's it's all it's that's all speculation. <laughs> I, I think your your point is good. These miracles. It's Daniel's point, by the way. The, the cloud and the fire are so un, they, they're not they're impossible to explain with nature. Why, why did a cloud just decide to appear in front of Am Israel? A pillar of cloud. How does a, a a cloud even form that shape. It's just pure miracle. There's no uh, explanation in scientific terms. Okay? The pillar of cloud by day would not go and the pillar of fire would night. They would not depart from the people. So God spoke to Moshe saying, Speak to Bnei Israel, and they should return, and they should go before Piachirot, that is between Migdol and the Yam. Which Yam? The Yam Suf. Okay? Before Baal Tsefon, they should stop and encamp by the water. So what is God doing here? He's setting him up. He's setting up Am Israel to get stuck between the Yamsuf and the Egyptians. Meaning it's not like uh, Bnei Israel needed to go this way. Boreolam is purposefully setting them up. Like we were saying, the grand finale. He's setting yeah, up the exactly. Grand he's, set, he's setting up the grand finale and that's coming at the expense of Am Israel's anxiety because all of a sudden he's putting Bnei Israel there and Bnei Israel are going to look, around, look back and they're going to see the Egyptians there. They're going to look this way and they're going to see the, the water there and that's going to be very scary. But Boreolam needs them to... to be his pawns in this in this final act because he needs to set up the Egyptians for their final destruction. Okay? Pasuk 3. And then Paro says regarding Bnei Israel. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's Hashem speaking to Moshe. So he says to Moshe to take them there, and then he says to, to Moshe that Paro will say that the Jewish people have become lost in the land, they've become enclosed by the desert. And I will strengthen the heart of Paro and he will chase after them. And I will become glorified through Paro and all of his 
soldiers and the Mitzrayim will know that I am that I am God and they did so so the Jews went exactly there uh, and then we will continue with Rosh Hashanah on Sunday with what happened after we got the Baruch Amen Amen Amen